a coffee establishment. Hello, I'd like a cappuccino, please. Okay, great. That's one cappuccino and one giant bag of horse. <laughs> but I don't want a bag of, of horse. Yeah, it's you know it's kind of a two for one thing. Oh. You want the cappuccino? You also have to pay for a giant bag of horse. <laughs> well, what if I just want the cappuccino? Whoa, buddy. You start making demands like that, I will shut down this entire coffee establishment. There you go. That's the way it's going to play out. That's the way it's going to play out, ladies and gentlemen. He's showing the cup of coffee as DACA, helping the dreamers, oh, people right. who just want a better life. They're dreamers. And the Republicans are trying to force a bag of horse ass along with it, oh, like yes. securing the borders or Funding ending the chain, military, chain migration or anything oh, like that. Oh, I but, see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the stuff that people don't want because they like illegal immigration, I guess. I don't know. We're just 13 hours and 55 minutes away, ladies and gentlemen. It's the final countdown. The government will shut down. Children, come to me. Come to me. This is the end, children. <sighs> so, well, what do you think? Who do, who's going to get the blame? Because that's all that matters when this happens for who's, you know, who's the most dysfunctional. And then it ripples into future elections, usually. Um, the Republicans usually get blamed for shutdowns. I think it's because spending more is an easy argument to make. Giving they stuff, want to give me stuff. Giving stuff is a much easier argument to make than not giving they stuff. They want to give me less stuff. And then you couple that with 90% of the media pitching the Democrat side of the argument. Which helps. And people who kind of our drive-by viewers are going to repeat what they've heard. People have, have, with with dulcet tones and authoritative uh, verbiage have told them it's the, the Republicans' fault, so they believe it. Jack, you know me. I love data. All I can do is look to the data, and according to a recent Quinnipiac poll... Um, <laughs> sorry, what, what was that? <laughs> uh, Democrats are blamed by 34%. Republicans, 32%. Trump, 21%. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's probably closer to right. It Uh, should be just split a third, a third for the the parties. Yeah. Because these problems are out there every day. And the fact you can't, as grown-ups... Say, look, we have to deal with this. We have to come up with something. Mm-hmm. Let's not wait until the government completely runs out of money and use that ridiculous thing as a lever right. to force each other into situations. We won't vote to fund the budget. All of it. From the poor, starving widows, to the military, to the cops. We won't fund fund a dime of it. Unless you pass this uh, uh, pineapple subsidy. It might as well be a pineapple subsidy. It happens to be dealing with the DACA people. Um, but, yeah, it's unrelated to the budget, really. It's my wife and I. She wants to go to Hawaii uh, for vacation. I want a new roof. We, we're, we're not going to talk about it until the house gets foreclosed on. Right. <laughs> uh, if you want me to make this house payment, you've got to agree to a trip to Hawaii. Right. It's exactly that. It's so stupid. And both parties, the both of them, as they used to say back in my upbringing in Chicago, uh, the both of them have decided that they would rather uh, uh, make the other one out as the devil, oppose at all uh, points, not cooperate in any way, not govern, um, well, instead of governing. 
They've made the strategic decision. We will win more elections. We will get our gravy train. We will get our wealth and power if we never cooperate in any way. The idea that they can't come up with a solution for the DACA thing is idiotic. The Democrats don't want to solve it. They want the issue. It would be practically effortless to solve this thing. You fund some border security. You beef up the border. You throw up some fence. You, yeah, you beef up the uh, workplace check thing to make sure people can le- work legally. And then those uh, few hundred thousand people who were brought here as kids, absolutely freaking nobody wants to boot them out and make them go to a country they've literally either never been to or haven't been to since they they're three years old. Nobody wants it. Nobody. The idea we can't make a deal is a hoot. Well, um, you know, I actually don't have a problem with booting them out. I'm in the 11% that it's at least open to the idea. Hey, I, racist. I think illegal immigration, it's insane. I can't understand how any country allows this to happen. To let foreigners decide your policy. Right. To let foreigners decide your economics of what industries are going to pay what wages. To, to allow that to happen. It's crazy. But I guess where I'd be in the 88% that don't, that aren't going to boot out the doctors, the, 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 um, the actual mechanics of it are impossible. Right. You're never going to do that. We're never going to do that. We're never going to go around and round these people up in buses and send them across the border. No. We're just not going to do that. Even if you thought it was a good idea, it, that's never going to happen. Right. So well, that's all. So illegal. let's just it's deal with just reality. The, yeah. I like calling uh, the DACA people dockers, like the sensible men's slacks, because <laughs> dreamers is stupid. That's just pinheaded unicorn riding rhetoric. It's spin to make you feel compassionate. Who's against a dreamer? But, you know, so let's call them dockers. Um, but it's an easy fix. They just don't want it. Now, I like this cheat sheet from the WAPO. It was uh, put together by one Amber Phillips, who I wouldn't mind talking to, actually. I don't know if she's available, but it's a cheat sheet for who to blame. Uh, And if you want to blame the Democrats, say, Democrats are taking a stand on immigration on a totally unrelated spending bill, which is unquestionably true. Or Democrats aren't willing to compromise with Trump because he's Trump. There's some of that, um, uh, and that, that happened with Obama, too. That might be at the root of all of this. The, f- the fact that the, the last two major pieces of legislation we've passed in this country, Obamacare and the tax plan, were all, you didn't get one vote from the other party. Right. Because you can't do that, you, you would lose your seat. Right. You can't be seen <clears throat> siding with the other team, even if it's good for your state or district or whatever, because you'd, you'd lo- somebody would run against you. Right. He voted with Obama or Trump. Right. So there's some of that. Even Democrats who might be able to come to some agreement on something, they can't vote for what Trump wants. Sure, sure. All right, you could also say Democrats' hardline on immigration comes at the expense of health insurance for low-income kids. Which, again, is true because the Republicans are saying they'll uh, extend the CHIP program for six more years. Uh, All right. Now, if you want to blame the Republicans, say they literally control all of Washington. How can the shutdown not be their fault? Decent argument. Yeah, it's a good, powerful argument. And and there's some truth to it. You know, the, the Senate is the problem. The Senate is built so that you need 60 votes to get anything done. And back to the era of you must never, ever cooperate with the other side, even if they are passing, attempting to pass the cure for all cancers. Seriously, I wish if I were God, well, for one thing, run and hide, because I will be a vengeful God. But if I were God, I would say, all right, here, let's see. Here's what we're going to make the puppets do. I'm going to give them 
the cure for all cancer, but I'm going to put it in the form of legislation and see if I can get anybody to cross the aisle. That'd be pretty good. Yeah. That'd be pretty good. That'd be a pretty good test case to see where we are. Um, Uh, Also, here's another argument to blame the Republicans. House Republicans are voting on a bill that can't pass the Senate. Now, that's too wonky. That wouldn't work with anybody. Trump doesn't know what he wants. Oh, that's right. I heard the the, uh, uh, indefensible old hag Nancy Pelosi saying, we don't even know who to negotiate with. That's a pretty good dodge, though. She's she's good. I tell you what. Well, here's a she's good, evil, but she's good at her job. Here's a Was, good. Um, now she's old. Yes. Here's a good opening line from this analysis in the Washington Post. Aaron Blake. Me. That's who we need to talk to. Aaron Blake. Listen to this first paragraph. Fuck him. The government looks quite likely to shut down at midnight, and it's because both Republicans and Democrats refuse to vote for things that they support. <laughs> really? That's pretty good. Wow. That statement might seem odd, but it's a pretty complete encapsulation of how this whole mess came about and why it's reached an impasse, and it's a rather remarkable snapshot of what our politics have become. Both sides have finagled themselves into a situation where they can't vote for things that they support or have supported in the past. That is great. That is good. That is good. That's uh, which which article is that in? I didn't see that. In, I love it's that in the fix their analysis that they do of political situations. Yeah, but. yeah so nice. Trump has just announced in the in the last hour he's not going to Florida. He was headed to Florida to hang out and play golf. Uh, I heard a number of people say the optics on that are not going to work real well. Mm. The government shuts down and they're, he's on the golf course. And they're so bad, evidently it got his attention. So he's going to. Uh, he's not going to do that. Apparently. Well, what? what how close? You haven't given us the, the, the time yet. Not, not recently. We have just over 13 hours, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, just no, over 13 hours. Oh, my God. Best to put Granny down so she doesn't see the horror. Put a pillow over Grandma's face. Oh, my because God. Because this is just, how can we endure without the federal government? Put Granny down. You heard me. I don't want her to see this. 13 hours, 45 minutes till the government shuts down. F them all. Shut it down for good. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. This is Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Sometimes I want to take you down. How you doing? How's your uh, weekend looking? So it was a year ago tomorrow. I was in Washington, D.C. in the uh, mm-hmm. in the freezing cold. Dressed like an international spy. That's right. Looking like an assassin. <laughs> for the inauguration of Donald Trump. One of the most interesting things I've ever done in my life. It had to be as part of the biggest inauguration crowd ever. <laughs> Sorry. And That's then I went... So long ago. Sean Spicer. You remember that? Oh, yeah. That was great. And then I went to the <laughs> inaugural ball that night. That's right. And it was 15 feet away from the uh, the first couple and everybody as they danced. It was, it was really something. Yeah, we're, they we're that important. <laughs> we're kind of a big deal. That, that That's the reason for this story. No, it was just, first of all, it's hard to believe that was only a year ago, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, uh, I, I, I think probably what's happened in the last year has been relatively predictable, actually. You know, yeah. it's. I would not have thought the economy was going to be this great, though. 
Right. Yeah, the growth appears to be, you know, explosive. And I'm not talking about the stock market. I'm, I'm talking about economic growth after. Well, the stock market has been explosive. Oh, yeah. And I mean, probably irrationally so. Uh, yeah. To some extent. But, but the rolling back, a lot of it's because of the incredible rolling back of regulations. A huge, huge that doesn't get a lot of attention. And optimism based on the prospect of a serious tax reform, which finally got passed. You know, what I was talking about was the uh, years and years of 1% economic growth. It, it looks like we might seriously get 3%, which would be a hell of a good deal. And your wages will rise, and there might be a little inflation. But anyway, it's a good thing. So, yeah, I, I don't... It's funny. The last year has been uh, uh, constantly shocking and not terribly surprising. Yeah, isn't that interesting? It was kind of floundering, unprofessional at times. Uh, stupid stuff was said. Good stuff was accomplished. Uh, you know, stepped on his own Richard a number of times. And it's, so it's been, yeah, it's been a bumpy ride. But they're not, they're not rounding up black people. He hasn't taken Hitler-like control of anything. You know, it's, 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 we're fine. Uh, and we're going to talk to some people a little bit later in the show about the whole uh, SD. I hate to say it because it triggers the music. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the old. The shutdown! Oh, no! It's the That's so awesome. It's another Cognitive Bias Friday on the Armstrong and Getty Show. I was mm-hmm. reading this the other day. I was really intrigued by it. Jack, I know this is a big thing for you. You want to be clear-headed. You want to be a thinker. You want to be a philosopher. I would like to be a public intellectual, yeah, but, I've I'm, heard that. but I'm not smart enough is mm. what holds me back. Yeah. You know, I'm a I, private dullard. <laughs> well, well, if that's the path that's open to you, take it. That's pretty funny. You know, how, isn't that the story of most of our lives? I wanted to be a blank, but I'm not blank enough. Yeah, I yeah mean, that's no why. That's why you know the the one transgender lad who 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 was a feller and is big and strong and wants to like beat up on girls in some sort of contact sport. Listen, there's a lot of stuff I wanted to do that I can't do. And I was disappointed, but I moved on. Not everybody gets to do everything. Those of us who live in the real world recognize that. But Jack wants to be a public intellectual, and and as such, you need to eliminate your cognitive biases. For instance, Queensland University, that's uh, Australia, found that blonde women earn on average 7% higher salaries than redheads and brunettes. No good reason for that. Unless you're running some sort of blonde-headed model place and the, the brunettes just, well, they're not pulling their weight. Well, I'd like to know what's behind that. That's pretty interesting. A Duke study. Is it the kind of person that, because most of these people that are blonde are probably not naturally blonde. Is it the kind of person that colors their hair blonde? Do they have different traits that makes them better employees? Or is it the perception of the, uh, the employer who decides what you make? Well, pretty people just make more money. But listen to this, Duke University, and, and we can digress on any of these if you want. There are, there are 13 of them. These are examples before we get into the 13. But anyway, a Duke study found that people with mature faces, those with bigger chins, narrower facial features, smaller eyes, uh, experience I've never, more... I've never heard the term mature face. They experience more career success than those with baby faces. Small chins, wider cheeks, bigger eyes. Mature faces make more money. Okay. Yale study. What? You're so, not, I'm sorry. I, I said gotta, we I could got, digress. Let's but, digress. I got to think about it. So explain to me what, again, a mature face is? Bigger it's chin? It's easier to picture a baby face. Yeah. 
big eyes, forehead, uh, um, binky in your mouth, small chins, the binky. <laughs> really holds you back. Uh, all right, for the baby face picture, uh, who's a baby faced guy? For the mature face picture, Gregory Peck. Okay. For the baby face picture, I don't know, Louis Anderson. <laughs> There you go. He is like, like a little baby. That's right, Mr. President. Like Drew Barrymore kind of has like a baby face, kind of like the, the puffy cheeks. She's a woman. <laughs> You're right about that. Well, I was trying to come up okay. with two people with the same gender. Okay, but now I've got that nailed down. All, All right, right, go ahead. A Yale study found that female scientists were not only more likely to hire male scientists, but they also paid them about four more grand a year than female scientists. That's female scientists. Um, but anyway, so they get into various perceptual cognitive biases that affect us all. Um, here's a good one. This one's really useful. The decoy effect. This occurs when someone believes they have two options. I'll give you the example. You're going to use car lot. You really like the $30,000 car, but you really like a $40,000 car. Don't go sit in the $40,000 car. Oh, that'd be my, that'd yeah. be my advice. Don't even look at it. Yeah. Because if you do, then the other one's just going to seem like a cured. <laughs> okay. All right. So you got the $30,000 car, the $40,000 car. You know what a smart salesman is going to do somehow? He's going to show you a $65,000 car. That I, Yeah, I know. I've done that and to myself. your ass is driving away in the $40,000 yeah. car because the $65,000 car preys on your decoy bias and makes the $40,000 car seem much more reasonable. I've done that to myself. Yes. <laughs> I have, is, too. <laughs> which is like a weird subconscious trying to convince myself to buy something more expensive. Shoot for something that's just insane and then make the other used-to-be-insane option seem okay. Some people may have. I've heard this, and I am disgusted by it. Some people may have actually used that to rationalize a purchase to their wives. <laughs> yeah. You know, honey, I was looking at the uh, Zabadoo, but I thought, that's just crazy. I'm not going to do that. So I got the zippity. <laughs> Hi, babe. Love that's, you. That's, that's so clearly true. Good, yeah. that's, and that's a good sales maneuver. Yeah. Uh, we just have a minute. All right, I'll. St- oh. We're gonna do more coming up. I like this oh, stuff. Yeah. This is the perfect yeah. counterbalance to the government shutdown talk. What the government? What <laughs> the government's gonna shut down? It's the final countdown. No dialysis. No dialysis. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Looming government shutdown. Trump hunkering down. We got new warnings about the mysterious degenerative brain disease affecting football players and other athletes. And fun with fins and events so amazing, positive Sean will be booking a flight before the show is over today. Stories coming up minutes from now. Armstrong and Getty. And are you affected by the effect heuristic? It's a cognitive bias a lot of people have. Cool. All coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. The federal government will run out of money and shut down in 13 hours and 25 minutes. 13 hours and 25 minutes to a government shutdown, people. Shut down. No anesthesia for surgeries. 
The roads will be rolled up and put into storage. You'll have to walk everywhere. No federal government. How will we live? All traffic lights will just flash red <laughs> over and over and over again. We should... No kissing, no touching, no sex until the federal government comes back. Cause we can't do anything without the federal government. Uh, we probably should get into the realities of what it means when the government shuts down, because it's just a small portion of the government that shuts down. There are ancient religions that would quake in fear when it got cloudy that had a more healthy relationship with their idol than we do with the federal government. Please, you're going to be fine. Anyway, an update from Marshall Phillips of where we are on this whole story. Well, President Trump not leaving for the weekend to go to his Palm Beach estate unless that shutdown is averted. Trump was going to be leaving this afternoon for a celebration and Republican fundraiser. Marking the one-year anniversary of the president's inauguration at well, Mar-a-Lago. Well, he can't go to Florida, Marshall. They take the air traffic controllers out of the control towers, and they put in chimpanzees. Oh. Did you not know that? Oh. Trump tweeting about the Friday night shutdown deadline, suggesting Democrats would be to blame. But Nancy Pelosi describing the Republican-backed short-term spending plan passed by the House this way. This is a, this is like giving you a... Um, um, bowl of doggy do put a cherry on top and call it a chocolate sundae i didn't order this (laughs) sorry i I, I misunderstood what you meant by chocolate sundae when i ordered it off the menu i'm I'm gonna send the i don't want to be that guy but i'm gonna send that back you guys just make them different here that's all On a far more serious note, the California couple David and Louise Turpin pled not guilty to the charges against them in their first court appearance as a prosecutor described some of their horrific treatment of their 13 children. The Riverside County DA, Mike Henstron, said the Paris, California couple tortured their kids for years, starving them so much their growth was stunted, not allowing them to shower more than once a year, and then chaining them there to their beds for months. Henstron adding... Circumstantial evidence in the house suggests that the victims were often not released from their chains to go to the, to the bathroom. Well, these crazy people were torturing their children. I think we all understand what's going on there, and they need to be executed today, as far as I'm concerned. Or Joe's more for studying them, figuring out what's wrong with them, so maybe we can prevent this sort of thing in the future. Yeah, learn then to let's execute the them. Yeah. The uh, DA going on to add, telling the press, I'll tell you that as a prosecutor, there are there are cases that stick with you, that haunt you, and you know sometimes in this business we're faced with looking at human depravity, and that's what we're looking at here. The reason I want to study these people is it's absolutely certain to me. I'll be shocked if I'm wrong that there's some sort of fundamentalist religious thing that put in the hands of the unbalanced, the crazy, the evil. Uh, leads to terrible things happening to children. And look, there are some of you who are fundamentalist types who are, who, are, who are fine. I want you to be able to recognize the unbalanced, sick kind amongst you. And like, you know, a, a devout and kind and good Muslim turning in an Al-Qaeda guy, I want you to be able to recognize, wait a minute, these are these sick, torturing perverts, and, 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 and uh, bring them to the attention of the authorities. Got a new study out that suggests football players and other athletes can suffer long term brain damage without having concussions. With a topic discussed many times on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Researchers at Boston University say repeated head injuries 
can trigger the degenerative disease known as CTE, even if the injuries don't result in concussions. The lead researcher says the study provides the first experimental evidence to solidly say it's the repeated hits, not the concussions that count for CTE. So if this is now 100% solid, what does the sport do with that? Because, I mean, some of the greatest stars of the last couple of decades, Troy Aikman, Steve Young, quit after their nth right. concussion because we all thought that was it. Right. You get too many of the really bad ones, you got to quit. And they quit, you know, when they still had plenty left. Well, now that we know that's not, you don't need that. Right. That just, certainly uh, adds to it, but yeah. It doesn't help. Right. But, uh, yeah, just the everyday bashing into each other. What are they going to do with that information? Right. What do you do with that if you're a 30-year-old millionaire in the NFL? How do you not quit today? Yeah, the Boston University researchers are now saying there should be no tackle football for kids before age 14 because children's bodies, particularly their necks and their upper bodies, aren't strong enough to counteract the head bobbing and shaking of the brain that takes place during tackles and other activities. All right, shifting gears. Now it is time indeed, my friends, for Fun with Fins. Oh, boy. You are perhaps the leading Finnish American. A Game of Thrones-themed ice hotel complete with a bar and a chapel for weddings has opened in northern Finland in a joint effort by a local hotel chain and the U.S. producers of the hit TV series. Lapland hotels say they chose Game of Thrones to be the theme for this season's Snow Village, an annual ice and snow construction project 93 miles above the Arctic Circle. I can see a lot of people who are super into the show doing this. Indeed. This seems really cool. The hotel. I'm going through like a gallery of some of the pictures now. This is this is amazing. Yeah, the hotel, which stays open until April, suggests guests stay only one night due to the below zero temperatures. <laughs> <laughs> nice hotel. Listen, you stay here more than one night, uh, I don't like your chances. <laughs> anyway, the uh, ice machine's down the hall. Yeah. That's a joke. You won't need it. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Strong and Getty uh, Show, The Voice of the West. Are we going to try and uh, get uh, tickets on Finnair? Uh, well, checking prices right now. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you guys so ought to go on some sort of big bro outing. That would be terrific. Come on. So what do you got for us? Uh, more of the uh, cognitive biases that affect uh, our decision-making in life and how to avoid them. Yeah, pretty interesting. The effect heuristic is actually a human tendency to base our decision on our emotions. I'll give you a great example. Cool. Uh, I've got some of what the government shutdown does and doesn't mean. Here's a tease. Guess who doesn't have their paycheck interrupted at all during a government shutdown? Ah! Alex Baldwin. <laughs> yeah, him among others. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Voice of the West. The Armstrong and Getty Show. There was a government shutdown that lasted 30 days during the Carter administration. I was a kid, so I don't. I don't remember that. I have to look that up. How did the world fare? How'd you survive? <laughs> yeah. It's a miracle. Only the strong did, Sean. Only the strong. I'm going to look into that. And, so, I, and, and who it affects and who it doesn't and the small percentage of the government that actually shuts down during a government shutdown. So all that coming up. Once again, I wish I could drop S-bombs because I would be calling it the government 
shizzle down. <laughs> right. Which <clears throat> would be funny. Fun. Nah, yeah. Small <laughs> pleasures. Hmm? So uh, we're going through the cognitive biases that uh, really screw things up. Um, well, you know what? Well, I'll post this list so you can find it, but mm, give us a minute before the news. The one that I try to watch out for a lot in my own life is the assuming uh, good-looking people are competent and smart. Yeah. And the reverse, which is awful, that yeah. people who are not very attractive are incompetent and not right. very bright. Yeah, it's it's not true. The effect heuristic is uh, the human tendency to base our decisions on our emotions. Listen to this study, would you? Japanese University. They asked a bunch of people about diseases. Um, one one of the diseases they asked about is a disease that killed 1,286 people out of every 10,000. Um, and then they phrased another one. A disease that's 24.14% fatal. People reacted emotionally overwhelmingly to the image of a specific number of people dying, whereas the percentage, which was much higher, didn't arouse the same mental imagery and emotions. Interesting. And so given the choice to cure only one, they went for the one that killed far fewer people. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That That <clears throat> is the sort of thing that people who write props know. Right, exactly. Propositions and ballot yeah. measures. That's politicians know this. Yeah, uh, fundamental attribution error. I'm going to summarize this one. Uh, somebody's not doing good work. It's because they're lazy. Um, it's essentially assigning motives and explanations to people way too quickly when they might be getting projects they're not passionate about. Their home life is carrying over into the work life. They're burnt out. It could be a bunch of different things. Uh, but we always want to, uh, you know, quickly label people's uh, states without even asking them but i see that probably the most common time when i see that is in like sports analysis oh he didn't want it the other the other guy wanted it more yeah <laughs> what there's a yeah, lot yeah. of that stupid he's, stuff in yeah. sports isn't he's, there? he's faster and stronger than me so yeah. he and got again, it no, I, didn't. I wanted it too but he's better <laughs> like and he beat me to it occasionally you'll be watching a game with someone who's not a big fan perhaps even uh, a girl <laughs> who'll say they're not even trying Oh, boy. I think they probably are. Uh, The ideometer effect. Listen to this. It refers to the fact that our thoughts can make us feel real emotions. This is why actors envision terrible scenarios, and like the death of a loved one, you make themselves cry on cue, etc., etc. You can generate your own emotions. This is pulled right out of the great piece Greg Lukianoff and Jonathan Haidt wrote about how we're turning our college students into mental cases with the whole trigger warnings culture and the rest of it. Um, the fact that you think because you feel something, it's real, when frequently... We have whipped ourselves up into a mental state that makes us feel something, and the other person and their actions or speech had really nothing to do with it. And yet we want them to change their behavior based on what we feel. Your, my rights do not end at your feelings. Just remember that, my good friends. This is one of your favorites, Jack. Confirmation bias. The tendency to seek out information that supports our pre-existing beliefs. That's a tough one to avoid. It is. It really is. Yeah. Or, Especially in a very, very argumentative society where you want to have arguments to back up your beliefs at yeah. all times. Yeah. Whether it's politics or uh, or we use this example a lot, the relationship, you know, you're uh, you're 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 really looking at the information that makes it seem like she's a good idea and ignoring the information that's right there in front of you. that makes it obvious it's a bad idea because you really want it to be mm-hmm. buying things do that, too. Yeah, let's see. Here are some of my other favorites. Um, I'm ignoring the information that says buying this is a bad idea. Right. Reactance is our tendency to react to rules and regulations by exercising our freedom. 
prevalent example of this is children with overbearing parents. Tell a teenager uh, to do what you say because you told them so, and they're very likely to start breaking the rules, whether it's in their best interests or not. Similarly, employees who feel mistreated or big-brothered by their employers are more likely to take longer breaks, extra sick days, or even steal from their company. God, that's a tough one. Well, that's like the, uh, they have a fancy name for it. I'd call it, uh, oh yeah, it's the oh yeah syndrome. I'll show you, you bastards. This is something that I've gotten better at, but still, when, when people make requests of me or tell me to do something, internally, my the very first thing my brain processes is, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> right. Like, it's so weird. Like, yeah. I, sometimes I actually verbalize right. it because it's funny and that immediate response. But yeah, that, I, internally, that is the first thing that I must overcome every time somebody's requesting something. I mean, don't, don't tell me what to do. How about the halo effect and the horn effect? They're... Opposite sides of the same coin, Jack. The halo effect occurs when someone creates a strong first impression. And that impression sticks. Absolutely, I've I, yeah. I, then I, you assume they're they're good. They do great work, et cetera, et cetera, and and they have to prove it over and over again that no, they're actually crappy. They yeah. got lucky the first time. I've been to the. I've I've uh, benefited from that a number of times in my life, and it's I a knew good strategy. It, and I knew it was happening. Front load, my friends. Front load. Do a good job and then coast. I can remember this happening in school in work situations. Where like I did uh, got really lucky on something early on, uh-huh. and people assumed all right. kinds of things about me, yes. and I knew it wasn't true. Mm. I got lucky. If we've ever done that with you, <laughs> ignore what you've just heard, Michael. Uh, oh, Michael's gone. You don't have a foghorn handy, do you? And that, unfortunately, that'd be really funny right here. And obviously, the, unfortunately, the opposite being true. The you know, horn you, effect. You f- fail in your first project. And exactly. Everybody assumes you suck when you might not. And you takes get pegged to, as a low performer, right? You know, this is what, this, I don't know if this is on the list. This is one of the most amazing ones that happens to me. If somebody looks like somebody else, I assign oh! the personality traits of that other person that I know right. to that guy right, or woman. And it takes a long time for me to not, to not do that. I've had that. Like, I do like that person or don't like that person, so I sign that to someone else who looks like them. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. We, we have had a client like that. I remember he looked just like a buddy of mine. He's a great dude. That's way too late. Timing. <laughs> Jeez, are you kidding with that? <laughs> oh, um, oh, this is this is the good one. Planning fallacy. The tendency to think we can do things more quickly than we actually can. Oh, well, geez, that's my life. Oh, yeah. That is Please. my whole life. My wife, Please. my wife hits me on that every single day. You are, she always says you're so wrong about guessing how long it's going to take to do something. <laughs> There's the bandwagon effect. I gotta go to the grocery store and do that. I'll be back in like ten minutes. Right. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's no, no. Take... Start cooking. I'll be right back. <laughs> it's gonna take you an hour and a half to do that. God. Is there any longer time period than the time it takes for someone to jump out of the car, run into the grocery store, and pick up one thing and run back to the car? Yeah. That always takes five times longer than I think it should. Right. Uh, the bandwagon effect, a group think it makes us feel good to agree with people, so even if they're stupid uh, decisions, we agree with them. Um, bah, 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 bah. Eh, those are my favorite ones. So there's we'll a white, that for you. There's a White House briefing coming up on the government shutdown. I don't know the what they're going You know, I don't think we will. 13 hours and four minutes till the government shut down. Of course, um, 
members of Congress continue to receive paychecks because it's written into law. Oh, good. good. So that, well, uh, that thank sh- God our brave and wise defenders will still be on the job. That ha- should help you sleep easy tonight after the government shutdown, knowing that the people that created this mess are immune from suffering from it personally. Soldiers, no, not so much. Congress people, yes. Why is it in the news so much? The shutdown especially affects residents of Washington, D.C., because the nation's capital budget comes from Congress. If a shutdown happens, garbage collection is placed on furlough, all kinds of things that affect all the reporters and people that live in Washington, D.C. So that's one of the reasons that it gets so much more attention, or that they act like it's such a huge deal, and you think, it's not going to have any effect on me. It really won't. On me personally, none. If the government shuts down for three, four days, which is like way longer than it probably would, it's going to have no effect on me. You know, None. Just, you know, it just occurred to me. In this day of telecommuting and the internet and communications and blah, 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 uh, we ought to have a rotating capital. We ought to make it like the Super Bowl. Cool. Maybe spend two years and you'd come up with a list, you know, ping pong balls in a blowers, you know, make it random, whatever. You know, for two years, the capital's in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. Then for a couple years, goes to Seattle. I like whatever. it. I like it. Yeah. Albuquerque. Yeah. Albuquerque's a name of another city. Yes, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're going to talk to the fabulous Ron Meyer of uh, Red Alert Politics in a couple minutes about this in the millennial view of the whole dealio. I got some more on what actually shuts down and what doesn't. I'll hit you with in just a few minutes on the Armstrong and Getty Show.